is the Todd and Friends Podcast. I don't like to waffle on predictions. That doesn't mean I always hope I'm right. Oh, what's he going to do? <laughs> oh, come on. I'm with you. So, uh, thank uh, you. Yeah, I'm with you. Todd, I knew we'd agree <laughs> on something here. From the KWLM Sports Studio. With thanks to Heritage Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Here's Todd Bergaff. Hey, thanks for joining us for the podcast uh, once again today on these uh, Tuesdays during the Timberwolves season. The voice of the Timberwolves, Alan Horton, joins us. I'm taking him away from practice uh, a little bit here, Alan, so we'll keep this a little bit shorter today. Uh, so, a tough loss last night. Looked <laughs> tremendous in the first half against Atlanta, and then it just flipped in the second half. I'm amazed how often that happens in NBA games. Yeah, this one was pretty, you know, I, I'm mostly focusing on the Wolves, so I'm not exactly in tune to everything going on in the NBA, but... Mm-hmm. Man, this was uh, this one was I felt like was a little unique um, to be up twenty one uh, nine minutes to go in the third quarter, and then nineteen minutes later you're down by nineteen. That's yeah. a sixty to twenty um, Atlanta run, sixty to twenty. Oof. And for as everything that went right in the first half or the first twenty seven minutes of the game, um, it it absolutely went the opposite way over the final um, the final twenty one minutes of that game. Yeah. It just um, it, every it was like a faucet being poured on full blast, right? The offense was clicking, every the ball's moving, guys are making plays, the defense is stepping up, and then all of a sudden um, someone turned the water off. It just it just dribbled out of the faucet. Um, that's what the offense turned into. Um, and I don't know if there's an exact pinpoint that you can point to and say, okay, this was the problem. Um, it's really a collective thing as the Wolves were just never able to gain their footing again and um, suffered a pretty uh, you know, you know, losses can be had in this league, and, and a ten-point lead is never really safe, especially with the three, especially with the what, the talent that they're on teams. But this one, this one was tough to. I've not, I haven't seen many sixty to twenty runs. That's um, that's pretty. That's pretty stark. Yeah. They stopped making shots, uh, even around the basket. The ball just yeah. stopped going in, and you would hope that missed shots on offense doesn't lead to poor defense, but sometimes a missed shot leads to a fast-break opportunity, uh, but sometimes players start thinking about missing shots more than they do about their defensive assignment, too. You know what happens when you miss shots at the rim? They, they, they basically turn into a turnover. Yeah. Um, you just it's it's It's... It's almost ninety percent. It feels like that the, the, on this layup at one end turns into a layup or a three at the other end. Hmm. And what happens is when you miss those short shots, you've generally got too many people positioned either at the rim or under the basket. You know, a guy who drives in, he's now out of the play because he's across the baseline. And uh, and oftentimes that's missed. The ball's popped out, and uh, the other team's running, and, and they've got they've got an odd man break. They're hmm. they're they're five on three. They're four on two. Um, you know what have you, and 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 that happens all the time in this game, and it's one of the really big keys. Oftentimes, it's not turnovers. Um, guys are generally pretty good taking care of the basketball, but I, it, like I said, a miss shot, uh, not only a miss shot at the rim, but a miss shot that comes it, it, just out of the flow of your offense. So your 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 floor balance isn't great. All your guys aren't positioned, like I was mentioning earlier. You, you have to have floor balance so that if a shot goes up. The four other guys on the floor are prepared. A couple yeah. of them are going back. Two of them are crashing the glass. And if you take a shot without, not in the flow of your offense, those guys don't know that shot's going up. They're out of position, and oftentimes that can lead to a fast break too. Yeah, and 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 boy, that was happening. What do you think Rudy Gobert was talking about? I'm sure you uh, heard his comments. Maybe you were the guy interviewing him even uh, when he said we were a championship team the first half, a high school team in the second half. What did he mean about the second half of that comment? 
Oh, I just think that's that's speaking to the drastic, um, you know, change in the game. I mean, the Wolves look like an NBA title contender in the first half, and yeah, they did look like more like a high school team. I think that was a little bit of exaggeration, but sure. um, you know, it was it was just way too easy for Atlanta after halftime, I, and I'm not sure what happened. I, it's, a, it's again, I don't think it's something you can point to. I do think Chris Finch um, pointed to, to missing shots at the rim, um, and the Wolves did miss a lot of shots, but that. You know that shouldn't cause the other team to go on a sixty to twenty run. Um, it's just a lot of collective things, and I think um, you know the Wolves are right in the middle of a film session right now that was supposed to go about thirty minutes. It's, it's pushing forty right now, um, and I imagine there's a lot to go over and, and some and some really harsh things and truths are being spoken right now because that was, you know, that's an unacceptable loss. I mean, that's a game you have to come away with a win. And this team through three games, yeah, it's really early. There's seventy nine to go, so it's it's not a lost cause. Um, but there is there is cause for concern because these games have been so topsy turvy. It's mm-hmm. like the offense was ice cold for five quarters, then it was red hot for five quarters, then it collapsed in the second half against Atlanta. Um, the defense has generally been really good, but then absolutely disappeared in the second half against Atlanta last night. So um, there's still a lot of things to iron out and find out why there's not a level of consistency that we saw during training camp, and quite frankly, at every single practice in the preseason um, in training camp. Chris Finch was generally pleased with every single practice. The ball was moving around. The offense was zipping. We saw that in the preseason. Um, and, again, preseason numbers, you can find some value in them, but they're not an end-all, be-all, especially when guys or teams are playing different lineups and stuff. But, generally, the Wolves was a top-ten offense, and they were top-ten defense, and they were really consistent in the preseason. That just hasn't been the case when, the, when they've tipped it off for real. Yeah, and, and uh, again, I'm just—I I thought Rudy Gobert said some really interesting things after he also said before thinking, "What can I do to help myself? What can I do to help the team?" Is there some selfishness a little bit going on when things turn south on a team like that? Well, I, I think this is a common refrain over the last couple of years that mm-hmm. sometimes guys try to do too much um, by themselves, and they think they think they've got to be the ones to help fix things when really it's it's playing unselfishly and moving the basketball and. Um, keep it moving. Get you know, turn a good shot into a great shot. Um, instead, try guys maybe try to go one on one. Or you know, I, I thought the first game of the season, Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards felt like they really had to carry the load. And then they realized, I think, in the Miami game that hey, maybe we're much better when we have six players in double figures. We're sharing the basketball, and maybe the opponents can't you know zero in on Ant or Cat, or maybe they're zeroing in on those guys, and that opens things up for the teammates. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought it was a balanced attack for the first half, and then that kind of disappeared in the second half. Guys going one on one too much, and when you go one on one, go back to what I said, you, you're you're taking shots out of the flow of the offense, um, and when you miss those, they're being run right back down your throat. Yeah, and, and Mike Conley apparently not feeling very well, uh, but he kind of had some things to say too. He said it might have been too much focus on the past. You hear a lot of people saying, "Get off to a good start in the quarter." We gave up leads in the past. He said, you get that in your head, and it happens sometimes. I think a lot of us need to play free, so guys are shackled, it sounds like, a little bit by uh, past uh, bad things that have happened. I mean, it's not the first lead they've ever lost, uh, and he said maybe the guys are thinking about that too much. They need to just forget about it and play forward. Yeah, maybe. it's. Mm-hmm. Um, this one was unique, though. I mean, it was only the 11th 20-point uh, lead the Wolves have uh, lost a game when they've had that lead in the second half. And wow. So, um, yeah, they, they've led the league in 10.4-quarter 10 10 leads blown um, the last three years. But, you know, it's not a tremendously high. It's 11, um, and the next team behind them is 9 and then 8 and then 7. So it's not really that many. Um, of course, in the playoffs against Memphis, but, 
again, those were that's a couple of years ago now, yeah. and, and so some of those guys weren't here. Rudy wasn't here. Mike wasn't here. Nikhil Alexander Walker wasn't here. Heck, Kyle Anderson wasn't here. Um, you know, I, I think I think for the guys who have been here, maybe that's in their heads a little bit. But um, I, you know, I, I don't know the answer. I don't yeah. know how you don't let that happen again. Some. You know, and again, it's like someone needs to step up. Well, that's probably the wrong answer. That's exactly what got them into trouble. Is that a lot of guys think that they need to be that someone to turn things around um, when it really need, it takes a team effort. Yeah, who do you think he was referencing when he said you hear a lot of people saying get off to a good start? We gave up leads in the past. I mean, they don't worry about what people are saying outside of their locker room. That's got to be coming from inside. Uh, I would guess. Yeah, I didn't hear those comments, so I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And. Uh, Mike's, yeah, Mike missed shoot around yesterday because of an illness, and so he, he clearly wasn't 100% last night. Um, good enough to, to, to give it a go and give the Wolves some solid minutes at the point. Um, and so, yeah, I would, I would assume that it comes from inward the locker room. That the team doesn't really, uh, you don't hear them talk about a lot of things that are happening that, that, that are happening on Twitter and comments that fans are making and that kind of thing. They generally close the ranks and they just dial into what they have to do. Um, but the key is now is just watching the film. One thing I love about Chris Finch is over the years he has, um, you know, when, when, when these type of situations have come up, and I think in the Memphis series two years ago, they had a de- just awful loss in game three on the home floor, I think it was, when they mm-hmm. blew a 20-something point second-half lead, uh, and, and it just all went haywire. And they had a couple of days between games. You know, Chris Finch does a great job of showing the film, talking about it, I mean, to move on from something like that, you have to you have to go through the stages, right? The stages of grief, the stages of uh, recovery. You've got to admit that there's a problem. You've got to talk about it. You've got to own it then. And then you have to move on from it. And the Wolves were able to do that, and they got a big win in Game 4 against Memphis two years ago. And I, 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 was, I, I still think that's one of the great, um, really great wins for the Wolves because of uh, the circumstances coming off the of Game 3 loss. That would have sunk a lot of teams. Um, and I think that speaks to Chris Finch and how he handles his squad, and I expect them to do the same thing here, and it creates an absolutely fascinating matchup tomorrow night against yeah. Denver, the defending champs. Uh, I haven't looked at Denver. I don't think they've lost a game this year, so and they're you know they've got Jokic playing at a really high level. It's going to be awesome tomorrow night, and it's going to be incredible to see what the Wolves do, how they respond. Uh, do they come out and answer back like they did against Memphis in that playoff series, or does this kind of thing linger? Um, and if it lingers, well, then you're staring at one and three and a really tough homestand with Boston and New Orleans coming up behind them. Yeah, Denver off to a 4-0 wow. and oh start. And and uh, Jokic still sporting the dad body as well as not missing shots and finding open teammates. You know, he, he's the most unassuming-looking superstar in the league, but, man, the guy just has the game on a string some nights. And he plays up the whole, you know, I don't even care about the game. He cares about the game, but he loves saying, uh, hey, when, when can I go home? When can I go back to Serbia and hang out on my farm and race racehorses and uh, sing Serbian songs and stuff like that? <laughs> I mean, he enjoyed himself in the offseason, there's no doubt. But um, he's incredible at the game. There's, there's no doubt about it. And, you know, it was interesting to see sort of on a national stage last year him get the a lot of eyeballs on him, right? Because Denver hadn't really made a deep run, um, not to, to the point where they're in the finals and winning a championship for the first time in franchise history. But it was interesting to hear kind of just, just on Twitter, just see everybody go, wow, this Jokic guy is really good. Yeah. yeah, you think? We've been watching him four times a year, right. plus the playoff series last year. We've been watching him for five years. He's been doing this stuff. It's, it's incredible. And he's just, even over that five-year span, he's gotten even better. He's honed his game even more. Um, he is so connected to his teammates. And I think Jamal Murray 
It's just um, he's a superstar. He is. Yep. Uh, he played like that last year. I think he's going to be even better this year. His shot making and his um, his play off of Nikola Jokic, I think that's one of the best combos in the NBA. Alan, have a great call tomorrow night. We'll be tuned in. All right, Todd. Appreciate it. Thanks. Alan Horton, voice of the Minnesota Timberwolves on the Todd and Friends podcast. It's brought to you by Heritage Bank. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Watch for future episodes of the Todd and Friends podcast at kwlm.com or on the air here at KWLM, 1340 AM and 96.3 FM.